Hi everyone, I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. I'm also CEO of PRSecrets.com, and I want to welcome you to the Be A Media Darling podcast. Join us on BeAMediaDarling.com and PRSecrets.com, where you'll get free goodies and also the resources that we mention in each episode, as well as other delightful things that will help you shine in the media spotlight. On Fly Your Freak Flag Friday, gosh, that is so hard to say sometimes, and I think it's also super hard sometimes to be ourselves. That seems to be one of the hardest things that people find to do, but who else can we be? We'll discuss how to keep steady and be yourself during a radio, TV, or print, or podcast interview, or whenever you're in the spotlight or under pressure. I'll show you how to let your spirit and your personality shine through in any situation without selling your soul. So tune in every Friday for ways to stay original, keep your quirks, and live into what Dr. Seuss says, which is, why fit in when you were born to stand out? Hi everyone, our topic today is create and promote your e-course in five weeks and we're here today with Andrea Scher and she's an artist, an online workshop teacher and big believer in the transformative power of creativity. Through her e-courses, Mondo Biondo, that is such a great name, you always create such great names, Andrea, which is part of publicity by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, because a great name of something is your first introduction and feel to it. Mm. So you've got Mondo Biondo, superhero photo, cultivating courage, very beautiful, and more. And Andrea inspires women of all ages to live authentic, colorful, and creative lives. And she's best known as the author of the award-winning blog, Superhero Journal, where she has a huge and very loyal following. She's passionate about the sweet spot where creativity and personal growth intersect. And she's also the co-author of the book, Expressive Photography, the Shutter Sisters Guide to Shooting from the Heart. And I didn't even know that, by the way, Andrea. So Aww. good to know. And now Andrea mentors other creative folks in how to create their own e-courses, which you can find at superherolife.com forward slash e-courses. So one of the things that happened, too, is Andrea and I know each other and we're friends from writing group from Wild Writing. And one thing that happened through wild writing is you get to know someone through this deep process. So we didn't become friends through the normal process of talking, but through writing, right? Yeah. And it's such a beautiful way to get to know someone because you totally eliminate all of the small talk and the what do you do and all that stuff. And you just dive right into these beautiful stories that are these threads that are underneath all of that. And so I just think it's such a it's such an extraordinary way and such a unique way to get to know someone. I'm so glad I got to know you that way. Me too. And I hate small talk, by the way. I'm such a non-small talker. I want to just like deep dive into a conversation. And we do that in our writing. And then you and I actually went to Bali together for your retreat. So we had to know each other really well. <laughs> we did. <laughs> together in a room where you know somebody super well. Um, but that was such a wonderful retreat too, which we're going to talk about too. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is you have such a unique way of quote-unquote promoting without really promoting because the way that you do it and the way you created your blog following is organically by writing about the things that you love and just following where you are taken without paying attention to marketing trends or what everyone else is doing. And I remember having a conversation with you one day saying, you know, like, how do you decide what to do? Like, what kind of course to create? And you go, I think of it. And I do it, 
And I go, you don't like pull your list or anything like that. And you said, no, can you talk a little bit about that process about how you create and how these things resonate with your audience? Yeah. You know, I find that the best things that I create come from an energy and like kind of a juice around it myself. So I actually, if I'm going to pull anyone, I'm pulling myself. I'm like, okay, girl, like, what do we feel excited about? What do we feel curious about? Where's our edge right now? And like cultivating courage is a great example. That happened to be a season in my life where I really needed to grow my courage muscles. And so I thought, okay, well, why don't I gather a hundred women to do it with me? And we'll do this experiment where we take teeny tiny brave steps each day to strengthen those courage muscles. And we'll see what happens. I mean, it was truly an experiment when I created that course. Like, who will we be if we do this for 30 days together? And how did that work out? What happened? Oh, it was incredible. I've offered that course probably once a year, you know, since I started it years ago. And it's always a really powerful practice. And the 30 days was kind of based on the scientific research around it takes sort of 21 to 30 days to create a habit. Yeah. And I wanted to create a habit of courage where that was became my default. And I think it works. I think, you know, a moment shows up like a really ordinary moment, like you're in a lecture or like at somebody's book signing and you have a question sort of in your heart, but you're feeling shy about raising your hand. And when you have that commitment to courage, you say, okay, this is my brave move today. And you raise your hand and you ask the question. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads to aliveness and growth and wonderful things happening. I love it. Do you actually look for things to inspire you to create things? Or are you just waiting for, are you just allowing that to happen in an organic way? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a sort of question like, what am I hungry for right now? Yeah. Like I said, like, what do I feel curious about? What do I need in my life right now? And I assume that what I need is what my great majority of my people need also. If I'm feeling like I need to feel more connected, I need to feel like I have a community and like a tribe of women I'm sort of deep talking with, then I think, okay, if I need that, I bet the women in my community need that too. So it's very unscientific and very intuitive. Yeah, and it seems to work out because you have all these different kinds of courses, and we are going to talk about doing um, an e-course, and we're also going to talk about how you promoted retreat in Bali as well because it all relates together. So one of the things that I'm curious about in terms of your process is I'm on your mailing list, and so you email your list typically short, beautiful images with just a little bit of words to promote your e-courses. So what's your thinking behind that? Like some people send these really long sales letters. And by the way, there's like research out where you shouldn't have images in your email. And you're like, totally like no, there's lots of images <laughs> there. And there's not very much text. And, you know, so you're contrary to the research, but obviously it works really well for you. Okay. And it works really well. I always want to click through and take the course. Oh, that's so great. You know, I'm very visual and I don't like reading on a screen particularly. And so I create all of my content based on how I like to consume content. And so for me, it's like blog post size, blog posts, like very (laughs) tidy little, as brief as possible, sharing a story kind of blog posts. 
And I actually have a hard time reading anything online that doesn't have something beautiful to look at on the page. That's so interesting that the research is contrary, but maybe my community is more creative and visual and really responds well to this sort of visceral experience of opening one of my newsletters. It's like you get this feeling of deliciousness. I want people to feel something when they open it. And then there's the invitation to join me in whatever little adventure I'm concocting. But I want them to feel inspired and color and visuals do that for me. Yeah. I think that's really true. And then also, I mean, there's other contrary research, like that you need lots of visuals in your blog. So it seems to sort of contradict each other, but Hmm. who cares? I mean, part of it is what works for you and then what works for your community and not necessarily paying attention to what other quote unquote gurus are saying. Mm -hmm. Big proponent of that. And you're a great example of that. So let's talk a little bit about e-courses, how you got into creating them, because I don't know if all of your courses are e-courses. Are each of them e-courses? Each one, Mondo Biondo, Superhero, Photo, Cultivating Courage. Are those all e-courses? Yeah, they are. You know, some have a live element to them. My e-course boot camp, where I mentor people in creating their own e-course, has a live component of weekly calls. But other than that, yeah, they're all just e-courses. Got it. So if you do want to take Andrea's e-course and see how she sets that up, because she's got a very unique way of doing that too, not typical to lots of other e-courses that I've been in, because she did take me through the back end. It's superherolife.com forward slash e-courses. And you'll be able to find all of these links and everything else that we're going to be talking about at the beamediadarling.com blog post, which will be sure to put plenty of beautiful images. I'm looking at this one of you on Skype with where you're holding up cherries for earrings, which I love. (laughs) I want to put that one on there because that's like super, super cute. (laughs) Yeah. So what was your process of creating the e-courses since you've done it so many times and you've replicated it successfully on so many different topics? Mm, Yeah. You know, when I started, it was a response to being a brand new mom who was, you know, riding on very little sleep. And I had a one-on-one coaching practice at the time. And I realized very quickly, I wasn't going to be able to do that because I couldn't concentrate. I hadn't slept enough to even be able to be present for people in that way. And also I had a really large audience from blogging for so many years. I've been blogging since early 2003 and I had a big audience and I thought, okay, I need to leverage the fact that I have this wonderful community all over the world and create something scalable that can reach all these people. Originally, I thought I would create an ebook and create passive revenue that way. But in the creation of that first e-course, Mondo Biondo, I was collaborating with a friend on it. And we thought, you know, at some point we thought, you know, this is best done in community. This is a really, the most inspiring way to do this material would be to be sharing it as it's unfolding. So that's kind of how it all began. Now, I remember, I hope I'm not revealing a secret. Mm. And we can cut this out if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure I it's fine. if you said for creating your courses that you're just one or two weeks ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so one of the dirty little secrets of a lot of us creating e-courses is that we advertise them before we've written all the content. That's not necessarily every single time, but most of the time for me, I have a general kind of outline and I've created perhaps the first week of content. And then I'm just like, okay, if I can stay a few days ahead of them, 
we are good. Sometimes it's just 24 hours ahead of them. But I love that process because it's so alive. I have major accountability and I also get to feel into the needs of my community as it's unfolding. So I might have planned a, a certain lesson for a certain week and then I realize they're not ready for that lesson yet or they just kind of need a break. They need me to just have a lesson today that says, today is do nothing day. You're not allowed to do anything. You're just allowed to like take a nap right now. So again, a more intuitive process, but you know, you show up to the page and you create that course. If you have people in a classroom waiting for the next lesson. I love this because it's like you're living into your future and you're creating it as it needs to be with the synergy of the people in your course. So mm-hmm. do you recommend when you're teaching the e-course boot camp, and I know you're also doing it privately, you also have a component where people get the self-guided experience plus five private sessions. So we'll make yeah. that link available too for when that's available and people can get on the waiting list if it's not available. But do you plan out like the whole thing and then modify it as you go along? Meaning like you just said, oh my God, they're not ready for this. Let me switch a lesson around or maybe delete a lesson mm-hmm. if it's not appropriate. Yes. And I even tell them at the beginning, like, this is to some degree, like a co-creation. Like I'm going to be really listening to the experience that you're having. And you might notice some lessons disappear or some things get moved around. Don't be alarmed. That's just me responding. Mm -hmm. And I think people love that. They feel like, wow, like she's really present. I'm not dialing it in, you know? So especially for those first courses, I find like the first time or two that I run a course, I'm so invested in what's happening in that classroom and really taking the temperature of the room all the time. And it's a really alive experience for the students, those first sessions. It's very unique, I think. It is. It is unique. I think that that sounds like it's very, I don't know if you use the word, but alive and you know, like you said, being very present for that. I think some people might be really scared to do that Mm -hmm. because you're super comfortable with spontaneity. Is there anything that you can tell people who might be like, oh my God, that so freaks me out? Well, you know, planners and the control freaks out. Yeah. Well, and I count myself among them to some degree. It's super stressful. Let me just say it is a stressful way to do it. (laughs) Whenever I do it, I'm like, damn, why didn't I get more of this content laid out? And I kind of struggle a bit and I make myself a little bit wrong for it sometimes. And then as I've started to be more transparent about that and reveal it to friends of mine who are also creating courses, I discover that lots of teachers do this. Even teachers in physical classrooms and colleges are like, oh yeah, that's just how you do it. You just stay one day ahead of them. And so it's actually more normal than I realized. And it would take me so long to write an e-course if I had to wait to launch it until I wrote the whole thing. It could take me years yeah. because I'm a perfectionist. So this eliminates that possibility. Yeah, it eliminates procrastination because you have somebody, if people are waiting for you, you're going to get it done. Oh, yeah. You're so going to get it done. When you're training people to create an e-course, do you recommend that they plan out the whole thing or, or how does that work for somebody who's never done it before? Because you're an experienced teacher. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I feel like, wow, that's like a little missing piece in my curriculum right now that I should add in. I think I've 
revealed this in some of the live calls when people have questions about that, but I don't know that I've said this explicitly in writing. So I don't know that I totally recommend it as a way of doing it. It has some stress attached to it. And, you know, maybe you create half the course and then in real time create the rest of it. It's definitely a way to get it done. It will get done. And I should add, the thing that I actually do teach in eCourse Bootcamp is this kind of quick and dirty process. So I encourage people right inside the classroom when I ask them a question related to their course, like answer it right now, quick and dirty in the comments. Don't overthink this. And I feel like that's how I do my best work is when I just quick and dirty, get it out and I let it be messy. It's kind of like the wild writing process that we're in weekly. Yeah. And just so people know what happens in that wild writing process and why it's so effective and why Andrea's process is so effective is because you're bypassing, it's actually a neuroscience thing. You're bypassing thinking mind and getting to the place where you're past thinking. It's the same process that jazz musicians use to improvise. So you're getting to a deep place in your consciousness. I don't know if it's in your unconsciousness, but you're getting to a deep and different place in the brain where you're bypassing the critical mind and all of your editing, you know, people who want to like edit everything. And it's getting to that deep place in yourself where then you can call up these things that are really meaningful and beautiful that you, once you read them or look at them on the page, you're like, did this come from me? Right. You know, there's kind of a startling quality to it that you didn't know before this kind of excavation and letting yourself do this in this easy way that that was available to you wherever that is in your consciousness. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that description and thank you for the scientific backup on that. I think it's really true. You find a place of flow and as a creative person, like that's something that I'm always reaching for is like, how do I get out of the way and just let something come through? And yeah, so my tools are often fun and easy and quick and dirty. Fun <laughs> and easy and quick and dirty. Yeah. And say, yeah, I just want to say that this is the same process that I use with people to create their sound bites, is to speak naturally from a place of relaxation and just blabber. Perfect. And then from that, the jewels emerge, just like our, our wild ride, there's some crap in there, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, sometimes it's the beginning, sometimes it's the middle, sometimes it's the end, or sometimes it's the whole thing that you've got to get out until you get to the next level, right? Yeah. And it's the same process. And the other thing that I wanted to say to relate this to publicity is one of the things in terms of creating a course that may not be done or creating an outline of this, this is the same process that you can use to bolster your courage for getting media attention, meaning you write the press release. Like maybe you're not going to send it out, but you write it. So it puts your future self into the present Mm. by doing that. And so with, because I do the same thing, by the way, with courses, you know, I might book it. Like I used to do that for the learning addicts. I book the course, have the outline, and then, oh my God, I'm teaching it, you know, in two weeks. So Mm -hmm. I would have to, fill all that stuff in. And sometimes, yeah, I did have to reorganize the material or whatever the order, whatever that was, because it didn't happen exactly like I had planned out. But when you do that and you give yourself a deadline, it gets done. So if you have that, using that same process to write a press release or making your list of media contacts, it's the same process of plopping yourself into the future when you're too Mm -hmm. scared for where you are now. I love that. It's like a manifesting move. 
Yeah, it's a manifesting move. <laughs> Write that down. It's a manifesting move. <laughs> well, and I would also refer to the fun and easy thing. I really use this sort of motto as a tool. And originally it sort of showed up as I was being coached as two of my core values. Like I love fun. I love fun. <laughs> and I love ease. And when things are fun and easy for me, that's flow. It's like fun plus ease equals flow for me. And so I'm always asking myself, like, even if I'm doing something more complex or, you know, challenging, I ask myself, okay, how can this be fun and easy? And that pulls me out. Like if I'm getting kind of stuck and crunchy in something, it pulls me back and it's like, okay, how can this be fun and easy? Well, it would be fun and easy if I stopped writing and I just started recording my voice. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, oh, maybe this is an audio lesson. Okay, let's go with that. Now this feels good. And then I start telling stories on my little phone and I'm recording my voice and I realize this is the lesson. It's perfect. It took me six minutes and it said so much better than all this like crunchy writing I was just doing. Yeah, so switching modes can sometimes like totally free you up and like whatever's easiest, right? Like go where where it's easy. Exactly. And I think we have a lot of attachment to hard things. We think hard things are better. They're more valuable or something. And so I like kind of tweaking that and pushing back against that. Yeah, I think that if things are too hard, right, it's telling you that you're going in the wrong direction. Yes, you know, and switch directions or switch modalities or switch something up. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you know, some things are freaking hard, right? Like I'm going through a divorce right now. It's not easy. It's not fun and easy. And it's like, okay, even in that part of my personal life, it's like, okay, how can this be more fun and easy? And it's like, well, if I had company, if I had someone sitting here while I was trying to sort through all this paperwork, And maybe I invite a friend to support me that way. That's really great. Yeah. That's part of what you create in your community, I think, too, right? Like part of creating these e-courses, like you said, is creating this community that people can support each other and sit there for the hard stuff paperwork, but the hard stuff or whatever that is for them in the course. Yeah, I am really proud of the circles of women. It's usually women in my courses, the circles of women that I gather They're kind and wise and caring. And I think there's a way that, you know, the way that I share in my world and on my blog and in my courses is very transparent, just like I am right now with you. And I think that vulnerability translates to feeling connected to me and also a kind of kindredness. So if you're attracted to that part of me and the way I express myself, then it's not going to be for everyone. But those people that are attracted to me and for those qualities, they tend to gather in my courses. And then there's a sort of culture of sweetness that shows up. Yeah. And I think that that sort of dispels the whole notion that, you know, you have to reach everyone and understanding your core audience that we talk about a lot. But you're talking about this in such an organic way, like people who are drawn to you are your right people. And it's not just because of the way you are is the way that you create courses is the way that you teach the courses. And because you're transparent and and teach with heart, and those are the same kind of people that will come to you and are reading your blog and all the other people fall away. Because I think sometimes we're worried, like, oh, we're not creating, we're not attracting a big enough audience. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 
of course, we always want to grow our business and scale and, you know, be more abundant in these ways. And I also feel really comfortable with like a really thriving boutique e-course business. And I don't have to reach everyone. And I can grow inside of this beautiful community that's been on kind of the slow burn over the last, you know, 15 years. Um, let's talk about fun and easy as it pertains to marketing. Yeah. You use your blog and social media and also events to actually market in a way that's organic to you. So how do you use your social media to promote your courses, your e-courses? Yeah, so I've been a blogger, like I said, for a long time, since 2003. And I still feel like blogging is one of the best ways to reach people, partly because it's a gift. So when I send out a newsletter, for example, instead of just like sell, 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 every time I send a newsletter, it's like, buy my stuff here, I'm selling something else. It's like, I can really offer them something of value just for opening that newsletter, whether they buy something from me or not. So that's something I have always felt really passionate about is being as generous as possible in that way. And so that's a natural fit for me. Another natural fit is Instagram. I'm a photographer. And so I take photos every single day with my iPhone. And so it's so easy now to just blast that to Facebook, Instagram, or else Twitter, you know, just kind of blast it to all the channels. And that feels like a really authentic way for me to play in the world of social media. I think people who start blogs because they think they're supposed to, and they heard that that's a really good way to reach their audience, that's fine. But if it's not a natural fit that energizes you, it's not sustainable. And it's, again, not fun and easy. I don't think it's going to work. It's the same for any social media. Yeah. I'm just not a Facebook person. I know you're really good at Facebook. It just makes my skin crawl sometimes. Whereas I do love to blog and write articles. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of pressure that we have to be on every social media. Right. What you're saying is pick the one that's fun and easy, that comes natural to you, that resonates, that you can do on a consistent basis. And you do this on a really consistent basis because you're posting every day to Instagram and I don't know if you post every day to Facebook. But how do you then integrate your marketing into that? Like, do you have a strategy or do you just go as you go? How do you work in the things that are non-promotional that you're doing every day when you need to, like right now, you're offering your e-course with five private sessions. So both the self-guided experience plus five private lessons on superherolife.com forward slash e-courses or a different link if we're going to put one in there, which you can find at beamediadarling.com to create your own e-course with Andrea, with or without her help. Yeah, so how do you go about then deciding what's mm-hmm. right for your audience and what feels right to you to promote? Because you need to fill up your course. Right. I guess how I think about social media and marketing is sort of like dropping, like putting my little ripple in the pond. So every time I, you know, I post a quote or tell a story or share something from my heart, it's like my little gift to my community. And then I feel like I've earned the right to now market to them when I have a course or portrait sessions or some other offering I have, I feel like I've earned their ear in some way. And they pay attention because they are attracted to my spirit. 
And so there's a way that, I mean, it sounds kind of like Northern California <laughs> now, but let's just go there. <laughs> I think, you know, okay, so let me just back up for a little bit. So my very first business was a jewelry business and I made these necklaces called superhero necklaces. And I had been blogging a long time and people were following me and very excited about me. And when I started creating these necklaces, everyone wanted them because they're like, I want a piece of that spirit. Even if they didn't know that intellectually, that's what was happening. So this necklace became a talisman for them. It became this object that represented something that they were getting from me that inspired them. And I think it's kind of the same for the courses. You know, I think people... People just like to be with me in a process because it's nourishing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes some sense. So much sense they want a piece of that spirit of you. They're not maybe going to get it in a necklace, but they can get it in a course. Yeah. I think people forget that sometimes, that really it does come down to your presence and who you are that people are really buying. And there's lots of talk about all this extraneous stuff that you need to do. But ultimately, you know, when they're, choosing you it is because of you and because you've created an offer that touches yourself and touches them that resonates yeah that's really what it's all about well and then this is slightly related i think there's a way that we think we need to just keep giving people more and more and more more information more content more 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 and that's not actually true like first of all we have sort of stimulus overload going on there's way too much noise and if you're a sensitive creature, you know what I'm talking about, or even if you don't consider yourself super sensitive. So that presence is all the more important. Like I don't overload my courses with content. They're very bite-sized. They're very manageable. And people will quit very quickly if they're overwhelmed. So isn't there though, like the tendency for generosity means more, but you're saying that generosity means careful curation. <laughs> I don't want to waste people's time. I guess that's what it is. Like I value their attention. And so I really want to offer them something inspiring. And, you know, sometimes it'll land and sometimes it won't. I mean, often people's favorite, you know, I, I did a newsletter recently that was like people responded more than any other newsletter. And it was a photograph of I had cut a banana in half. And uh -huh. I noticed that inside the banana, there was this little face, like this, you know, there's a little brown center inside yeah. a banana. And I was like, that looks like the cutest little grumpy face. And then I'm like, oh my God, it looks like that grumpy cat. And so I, <laughs> I created this photo montage of the banana and the grumpy cat next to each other. And they were like identical. And it delighted me and made me laugh so hard that I was my newsletter. <laughs> and people loved it. It was like the most delightful <laughs> newsletter. I don't that. I don't remember the banana. <laughs> oh my God, it's hysterical. Okay. It's not like I'm over here, like, what's the most brilliant thing I can say to these people? It's really not. It's just like, what's here for me today? <laughs> I'm going to have to find that banana and grumpy cat. Oh, yeah. Find your post. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on this post because it's just making me laugh. I don't even remember seeing it, but where you're yeah. laughing, I'm laughing. It's already funny. Right. You know, and I haven't even seen it. But, yeah. So part of your quote-unquote strategy <laughs> You know, just to delight, which is really, you know, wonderful. It's things that you delight or you can't stop laughing. You share it with other people. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 
Who doesn't want to be delighted? I mean, and again, okay, so I'm going to refer back to the wild writing process again, because it's such a great kind of model. One of the things our teacher Lori Wagner says is don't try to be brilliant. Don't try to be the best writer in the room. That only gets in the way. And so if we're over here trying to like, you know, quote unquote, be an expert and be really smart and be really quote professional, like, like all those things, I feel like those things kind of get in our way of them, this more sort of authentic, like, what do I really want to give people today? And what would serve them? And what's delighting me right now? That's a great place to start. Yeah. And I remember Lori also saying, you know, don't be concerned about what you're writing because you're not writing for you. Mm-hmm. You're writing for the benefit of the group. Mm-hmm. Remember, she said that too. Right? I remember, yeah. yeah. And I thought, yeah, this isn't about me and my ego and is my writing good or anything like that. It's like, is this somehow touching the other people that they need to what, what they need to hear right now? Yeah, and we don't even know it, but somehow we're intuiting that, like in that space that we are. Yes, exactly. And that happens so often there while writing it's like yeah I, that's something I needed to hear or something I wanted to think mm-hmm. about or that really nourished me mm-hmm. yeah right and right to be able to imagine yeah you know I'm thinking too like I feel like some of the best things that have happened to me have come through like really kind of unlikely channels like that I'm trying to think of an example now how about Bali you creating your retreat in Bali Yeah. Well, how that came about was, so I teach a course called Mondo Biondo that's about manifesting dreams, big dreams, and creating a Mondo Biondo list. So for years on my Mondo Biondo lists have been, you know, go to Bali, you know, just like everyone else who read Eat, Pray, Love, you know, like I want to go to Bali and have all that great stuff happen to me. And so I sort of was thinking about that and was reminded of that dream because a good friend of mine named Juna had just gotten married there and spends a lot of time there. And so I just kind of was like the wheels started turning and Juna and I had wanted to collaborate on a course or something for a while. And then I realized, wait a minute, let's just combine all these desires together, desire to collaborate, the desire to go to Bali, you know, all of it into this retreat experience which we did last spring and yeah and Susan you know because you were there it was so wonderful well and I just want to say I got that email and I said I've never even thought about Bali I wanted to go to Thailand so it wasn't even in my mind I got that email I clicked through and I signed up nice yeah but that's part of like following your gypsy spirit like what moves you in the moment and I didn't know why but I'm like I have to go to this and I have to go with them to Bali. So there was something, and Claire, by the way, said the same thing. And I think you said, mm-hmm. I thought I was the first person who signed up. I said, you said I might have been the third or something. So uh-huh. honestly, I mean, I did it really fast. Like, I didn't think about it. The email came, I clicked on, I signed up. Wow. Yeah. And I was telling Claire, um, I had a huge property tax bill and another tax bill that I had to pay. So I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. You know, I mean, you had to put down a deposit, but I didn't know how, but I knew I was going to go no matter what. Let's deconstruct that for a moment. What was happening for you? Was it just an impulse or was there something about the marketing? Yeah. What was it? 
Yeah, it was all of those things. It's first of all that I have been around you and know what kind of a leader you are. And I had had a session with Juna, so I knew what kind of a person she was from just doing one coaching session with her on a very specific topic that I needed like resolution on. Mm-hmm. So I had a really good feel for both of you. Then it was the pictures. Um, you, you put up beautiful images on the page. I think you said, wake up in Bali. And I'm like, yeah, I want to wake up in Bali. And uh-huh. I saw those images. And they were talking about rice fields, which I've never seen in my life, not even thought about. And then just the way that you described it with the delicious. And you didn't even know what we were going to do. It didn't really say what we were going to do. It's like, you know, wake up in Bali. I'm like, <laughs> what we're going to do. But we're going to, looking at these rice fields, and we're going to be eating this fantastic food and I didn't know it was vegetarian because I we're both such meat eaters and <laughs> it's just like vegetarian. So you're like you're gonna get three meals a day and we're gonna explore our spirit. Maybe we'll do yoga or we'll go to all of these temples and we'll do you know, we'll go to a catch on I think you did mention, like, we'll go to some, you know, Balinese dance things. But you didn't have it all. I remember you and I talking, like, you didn't have all the experiences plotted out. It was kind of like you're doing your e-course. You had sort of an outline. And then you guys, you and Judah, decided, what does the group want today? Because we wanted some really super deep experiences, like going to, what was her name? The uh, Uh, High Priestess. The High Priestess of Bali to get a water purification, which was totally wild and intense. Yeah. I was actually understanding later, just recently I realized like that was a grief ritual in a lot of ways. It was. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to see other people's experiences and have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And not just our group, but we got to see other people from other places who came from all over the world to have that same experience. Yeah. Which was, where do you get an opportunity to do that? And that was Right. So, so those, all those elements, I think the combination of the languaging, the images, who you both are. And I just trusted, like, I didn't feel like I needed that process. I just wanted it. I just wanted the experience. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I also want to add that I had this sort of realization before we offered that of like, Oh yeah. When you sort of, you're online and you're like, Oh wow, these people are teaching yoga retreats in Tulum and they're doing this and they're taking people to paint in Tuscany. Like, wow, how do they get to do these things? And you think it's like, it comes from, I don't know, someone really high up that like plucks you out of the crowd and says, you are worthy of doing this. Now you get to do this. And it's actually not that way. It's someone like me who's like, Hmm, I kind of want to go to Bali. It would be really fun to get paid for it. Hmm, I wonder if people would come with me. And then you just make that shit up and you put it on a website and you say, join me in this adventure and you see what happens. I know, I love that you said right before a call, like, what would happen if I do this and go for it? Yeah. And you did it and it was packed with all the right people. It was incredible. And we're doing it again next spring. Yeah. I know. I think you said May 8th. So be there for that one. Yeah. So so I think what you're saying there too is sometimes people make that kind of thing so hard, but if this is something that you want, you don't need to be invited. You don't need some famous person or somebody to say, you're allowed to do this. If this is something that you want to do and something that moves you, whatever it is, do it. Exactly. And I think that goes for writing books. It goes for creating e-courses. Like we think somehow we're not qualified. However qualified we are, we probably have some voice in us saying, 
who do you think you are? Yeah, that's a pretty loud voice for some people. But here's the thing, too, for media. Um, one of the things that people get hung up on, and like there's a service called HARO, H-A-R-O, help a reporter out. And what I mention to people is that an expert is the person who can provide the information that the reporter needs now. And that's it. Oh, I like that definition. Yeah, you can become an instant expert by just being the one who has that information that they need now. And that's your qualification. And you can get quoted in the New York Times tomorrow. Exactly. No matter where you are in your business. No matter if you've just begun your business yesterday. And that's the beauty of it. And Mm. I think this is the same thing. What qualifies you? It qualifies you because you've got something that people need now. Right. And, And if it resonates with you and it resonates with them, voila. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how did you, I know that's not an e-course, but I think it'd be interesting to hear if there was any other way that you promoted that. I know you sent an email to your list and so did Juna. Mm -hmm. Did you do any other kind of promotion? How did we do that? Uh, Okay, so we created a really easy website in Weebly. So that's one of those free sites. Really easy to create a quick and dirty website. I think Juna did that within like four days. And then, yeah, we started blasting to our lists. We posted on Facebook several times. Yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of it. I think if we had needed to gather more people, we were prepared to do a little webinar, like a little live call, Q&A, having people like get to know us and get to know a little bit more about the program we were offering. But that wasn't necessary. But I think it's also interesting that you created a whole separate website you know, for that, you know, immediately, because there were parts of that website that would say, you know, here are the places that we might eat, and here are some of the things that we might do, and there were all these kind of links, mm-hmm. and then it was so organized in terms of, like, here's your packing list, everything, here's how you do your visa, I mean, you had everything dialed in there through this specific website, and I think that people need that kind of reassurance sometimes when they're wanting to sign up for something, even if it's an e-course or it's going to Bali. They want the reassurance that all those things that they might worry about are taken care of. That's a really good point. And it's not always my strong suit, but you're absolutely right. Some people are willing to just kind of go for it because maybe they know me or they know my work really well. And they're like, you know, whatever she's selling, I'm buying kind of thing. But right. Other people, they need to feel there's a kind of safety in knowing like, oh, they've got me. They've got this and they've got me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to this woman who was like working for this super duper online marketer who makes gazillions of dollars. And one of the things we were, I met her actually at Lori's event or Alexander Fanson's event at Lori's in Hawaii. And we were talking about my website and she's like, yeah, and some people need to have like this badge site, like that proves that you're, that you're legitimate. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I'm like, I didn't even know what she was talking about. She's like, people need to be reassured through this whole process of buying. So when you're promoting a course, whether it's an e-course or something else, you have the people like you and me who are like super intuitive and jump on it. But I also like to do my due diligence. Like I have my intuitive part, but then I'm like, okay, I need to check out my linear part of this and make sure that it's all legit. In yeah, way, shape, or form. So when you're promoting anything, taking into consideration the different types of people, the nervous Nellies, mm-hmm. people who do want everything wrapped up nicely in a package before they commit. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And whatever that takes, however you show that you're a credible person, but also these kinds of 
sales that they may need yeah. to, in order to move forward to buy. So part of the publicity process, which brings people to your door, is that then you need to have the process to convert people from being looky-loo to somebody who's a buyer for you. Mm-hmm. So it's taking into all of those different types of personalities that may be right at their spirit. You know, right. spirit might be right, but we all have our own tendencies and patterns that also need to be taken care of in that buying process. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I do. And to be totally transparent as you're talking, I'm like, wow, like I said, it's not a strong part. I feel like my site is really professional and people tend to feel like I've got them and I could really push that further and probably gather even more people as a result because maybe some people are like, hmm, little too, I don't know, something. (laughs) (laughs) Or people, you know, I'm very playful. So yeah, I mean, I'm really playful. And for some people, that's going to be just this delightful breath of fresh air. And for other people, they're going to really need that on balance with the super professional stuff. So maybe even more important for me to be doing that. Yeah, I think there's a balance of that for the different types, like I said, because we had some interesting people in your retreat who were not maybe your typical core audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a little more like linear kind of folks. Exactly. Corporate, some corporate people that were not, you know, that just I don't see that as your typical audience. I definitely wanted to talk about your experience and how that worked out for you in world domination. So if you could talk a little bit about that, how that came to be, how you came to be invited, and then what you did there that I think was so remarkable to be memorable and beloved. Yeah, that was a really special experience. So I've known Chris Gilbo, who started this conference called the World Domination Summit in Portland, Oregon. He's the author of a lot of books you probably know. There's The $100 Startup. He has a brand new book that I keep seeing on the shelves, but I can't remember the name of it right now. Anyway, we knew each other through the blogging world for a lot of years, and he invited me to do a Mondo Biondo talk there. And it was really scary for me because I had never done any public speaking, and we were going to talk for 45 minutes, my collaborator and I, and, you know, to a stage in a theater, like I think it was 500 people that first year. And so part of the way I chose to manage my anxiety around the whole thing is I said, okay, this has to be really experiential. I'm not standing up there just like lecturing at people the whole time. Like we need to get them involved. And so what began as a way for me to bypass anxiety became this incredibly rich experience where we were leading people in exercises around their core values and we were having them we passed out Sharpies to everyone and they were writing like their favorite core value on their forearm. So like everyone had these arms like full of like these beautiful words, like aliveness and love and generosity, like whatever they were. So it was a whole experience that was really beautiful. And we offered them this really wonderful gift surprise at the end, which was, we said, you know, look under your seat and you're going to find like a love note from the universe that's just for you. And so people have looked under their theater seat and on an index card, we had handwritten 500 unique notes. And we took this job very seriously. I mean, for like weeks beforehand, we were doing this. And then even then days beforehand, we were still writing them like late at night in bars, like having cocktails, writing these things. (laughs) Um, But we would close our eyes and be like, okay, what does this person need to hear? 
like whoever's sitting in this seat at this particular moment, what does this person need to hear? And people were totally moved and stunned and kept their notes forever. There was this Facebook thread recently where everyone was sharing, like they photographed their little index cards that they still had all these years later. And it still impacted them. People were crying. I mean, we got a standing ovation. It was really incredible. I just think that's so beautiful that you did this, you know, a couple of things that I think people forget in the digital world that Claire Berry and I were talking about yesterday is that this is not digital. This is people having a real experience mm. with you and to create an experience because what people really want from you is the experience. Exactly. It's not necessarily the information, right? Although they want the information too. But what you said was like, you didn't just whip these things off like carelessly, these 500 love notes, I mean, that you really thought about what someone needed yeah, and, and that people found what they needed. Yes. I mean, one of the things that we talk about in terms of sound bites and what you're offering your audience when you're on radio, TV, or print is just to ask two questions. What does my audience need to know now and how can I help? Mm. And it's really, that's the essence of the whole thing. That's yeah. beautiful. I love that. That's it. And if you consistently ask that, then you will be guided with some practice. Like some people are doing this, you know, you're doing this, or nationally, you've had a ton of practice. Even at 500, that's a ton of practice. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. All the time, in a different way. But you are doing it by saying, like, what do I need now that juices me that Mm. could connect with other people? So you just do it in a little different process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do also, I want to get back to the e-course in just a minute. And so Andrea does offer a self-guided experience and a five private lesson experience to create your e-course. So you can go to superherolife.com forward slash e-courses and all of this. And I'm going to put the picture up. I would love to have put a link to that Facebook thread as well as the picture of that banana. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, darling. So all of this information will be there. These links will be there so you can connect directly to Andrea and read her blog, which is a lot of those things come, a lot of her blog posts come out of our wild writing sessions, right? Most of them, right? Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them come out. The last thing I want you to talk about, and I don't know if this was for Mondo Biondo, but how did you get placed in Daily Candy? Oh, you know, this is a great story. I think it's a good little teaching story. I had written on a Mondo Biondo list that I wanted to be featured in Daily Candy. That was kind of like the epitome for me at that time of like launching this course into like abundance and success. And I didn't actually pursue it. It just was on my list. (laughs) And I happened to go to a party in San Francisco And I was still making jewelry at the time. I hadn't actually launched the e-course business yet. And so it wasn't totally present for me yet. But when I was at this party and I was talking to this new person, I thought, I'm going to test drive this. So when she said, so what do you do? I just tried it out. And I was like, I teach an e-course about manifesting big dreams and helping people dream big. And she was like, oh that sounds amazing. Can you tell me more about it? And so I'm like, oh my God. And so I'm sort of cringing inside because I feel kind of like an imposter because it hasn't actually happened yet. Right. But I'm like, okay, you got to keep going. Right. So I keep going and I don't realize that this is an editor of daily candy. And she's like, 
I want to write about this. Can I get your information? I was like, Oh my God. I like, so it was this very accidental pitch and it was really just came out of me like stepping into my future self. I love how this is kind of a theme running through this interview today. It's like, it's just really stepping into that next expression of ourselves and not holding back and just being like, whatever, this is how you do it. You just make it up and then live into it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great example of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of magical also, but like, I also believe in magic and I believe that that's how a lot of really wonderful things happen too, is like, you practice courage and you imagine the sort of your future self and then you start to live into it. Yeah. I mean, and I like that that you called it the next expression of yourself. Like here's this expression and this is the next expression of yourself. Yeah. And maybe sometimes we think the next expression is too far away or it's too big or whatever. It's like, we can't even imagine, like you put daily candy on your manifestation list and it happened in this other way. It didn't happen by you badgering the editors of right. the candy, right? You know, right. Over, and over and over again, sending the same press release over and over and over again, or something that wasn't of interest to what happened so organically. And both of us know, because you worked for Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy Sarf, and she says, she's got that great phrase, miracle find me now. Oh, I love that. I forgot about that phrase. Yeah. And so it's like, so you people who are out there who maybe not have an e-course, you know, and need an idea and are just relaxing into it can say miracle find me now and, you know, help me with my e-course. Like, what should the title be? What should it be about? And and that's that's what you help people with too, even if they might not know the next expression of their self, but part of your process gets them to their next expression. Exactly. And that's such an exciting process to be in such an intimate thing to share with someone. And I love holding space for people in that process. It's really exciting. Yeah. That's so wonderful. Was there anything else that I haven't asked you that you wanted to share? Hmm. I don't think so. I loved our conversation. So Me fun. too. I know. It's like, this is a good place to stop. So thank you so much for sharing about how you create e-courses, how you teach with heart and transparency, how you make things fun and easy in the whole way through and how you find these things that really, that's something that you need next that then you teach and you live into that teaching as you're creating it and through what you really love doing, which is photography and image. And I know you're such a wordsmith too, to using this organically on social media in such a way that people are eager for more. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. It's really wonderful. So thank you so much for being with us today. And pleasure. um, Yeah. And everybody, you can find all this information on beamediadarling.com. Bye for now. Hop on over to BeAMediaDarling.com for any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode and also for free goodies. You'll also find over there some surprises because I would love to be able to delight you. Thanks so much for listening to the Be A Media Darling podcast with me, Susan Harrow. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember, speak your mind, stand your ground, sing your song. I look forward to meeting you.